0: Y'all got that first Samuel chapter 16? Okay, let's read here. And then we're going to, hopefully we going to show up what God wants to strike from this today. Now this is the account of Samuel as a prophet. How many know how Samuel was raised? Was he not raised in the house of the Lord? So he spent his whole life knowing who God was. He was a great man and prophet of God. And God used him greatly in the earth. So understand that Samuel's position in uh, Israel was initiated and orchestrated by God. I mean, the place he had in Israel was orchestrated by God because he raised him up in the house under Eli, right? So hear this now, Samuel's moving in his day. Wow, my goodness. I said, Samuel's moving in his day, a prophet of God. So that's not, hear what God said. He anointed Saul as king, the first king of Israel. And Saul had disobeyed the Lord. He got out of his position, got out of his lane, began to do things that God didn't call him to do. Just because he was in a position of authority, he thought he could do anything he wanted to do. Amen. But that's not so. And after so many times God allowed him gave him grace gave him space finally God said it's time for the next. It's time for the next one. It's time to make a shift. So God got his man Samuel and now he's going to take Samuel to bring into focus the next phase for Israel. you I get that? Okay, here we go. So here it is now. After many trials for Saul, I mean, in verse chapter 1 through chapter 15. So God didn't just do this right away. He gave Saul plenty of time, like he do all of us. He gave him plenty of chances, like he does all of us. The grace was thick with Saul. But then here there's Samuel, because Samuel had anointed him by the lean of the Lord. Samuel had a heart for Israel, and he knew God would use the king. So Samuel wanted, I just heard that. My goodness. You know what? We got to watch, you know. (laughs) We have certain leaders in certain positions. You don't know how long God's been working with them, trying to get them to change, but they don't say change. Pretty soon God gonna do like he did Saul. Forget about it. I'm moving on now. I wanted to use him, but he didn't want to follow me. <laughs> Hello. Was, was Saul elected by God? Huh? Did 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 God at some point say to Saul, enough if he is enough? You're not following me? Hello. So don't think in our modern day, our modern time though we may say God caused that man to be elected or to be the chief whoever he is there still can come a day when God says enough is enough and he's going to tell the church stop praying for him. Praise God. I just heard that. <laughs> I said Lord this is awesome. God can do that because he's the one in charge. Here does he telling Samuel, Samuel, stop mourning over Saul. I moved on already. Whew. That's the part, that's why we got to hear from the Spirit of God. Hello. See, some people say, well, the Bible tells us to pray for the leaders. I said, "Oh, yeah, the Bible does say pray for the leaders, but also I'm going to follow God. God said, don't pray. Stop it, because I already moved on to the next one. Hello. Y'all hear me now? This, This is the way God works. Saul here was appointed by God to be the king, not man. But yet God came along and said, enough is enough, Saul. So here we go. Chapter 16, verse 1. And the Lord said to Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing or understanding, or perceiving, or, listen to my unction, Samuel, I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Isn't that something? But God always got somebody else waiting. (laughs) Now think about this. It took a long time for Saul to actually get out of office, but God had already rejected him while he was still in office. Are y'all hearing me today? That's why I don't see why some people don't understand that. You, sometimes you can see it, but you, you don't want to believe it. But God is rejecting this person. That's why he told Saul, Saul, how long are you going to pray here seeing, like he tells Saul. You, you, so if God said that Samuel was seeing that Samuel was seeing it. But what he was doing, he was ignoring what he was seeing. And God said, how long are you going to do this, sin that I have already rejected? So it tells me, here is Samuel, a prophet of God. He had to see what God was saying, that Samuel Saul had already been rejected. But he still was mourning and praying. I, I, I want Saul to make it. I want him to, to do it. But God was saying, I rejected him. By what? By what you're seeing. By what he saw. No matter what he said what he's saying. Not because of his position he's still there. He said, God is saying, I've, I've already moved on. And we know from the account, it took years for Samuel, I mean for Saul to finally get out of there. But according to what God has said, I rejected him. Have you ever seen that among leaders and among kings and, and even, even pastors and bishops and churches? It doesn't matter who the leader are. A lot of time. God has said, I already move on. Even though he's still standing up every Sunday preaching, he's saying, I already rejected him. I move on. So they tell me that God is showing somebody, the prophet. Somebody is seeing it by God, but they're not acting on what God is showing them. And well, pretty soon God going to have to interrupt it like, like he did Saul, I mean, like he did Samuel. So, Samuel, how long are you going to do this? Seeing that I have rejected him from reigning of Israel. Now he said, fill your horn with oil and go, I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have what? Provided a king among his sons." So God has already did that. Look, a lot of times God has already picked out the next person. He just needs a prophet who's going to obey him to go and do what he wants him to do. That is awesome. I'm seeing by the Spirit of God. this is awesome. I don't know why people get it all mixed up. The Bible is telling us here that God can have, a person can be in a position and God can already be rejected in. that is something. Let's read on now. Now now David was a a great man of God and that's what we go on to, verse 2. And Samuel said, how can I go if Saul hears it he would kill me. And the Lord said, Take an heifer with thee, the an offering, and say, Come to the sacrifice. That's a releasing of the offering unto the Lord. All right? The heifer was the sacrifice. but the sac- I mean, was, was, the, was the offering. But when they release it, that's the sacrifice. All right? Verse 3. And call Jesse to the sacrifice. And I will show thee what thou should do. And thou shalt anoint unto me. Him who I name unto thee. What is he going to do? Say anoint. That's his key now. God said that Samuel is going to anoint him. Right? Unto the Lord. And thou shalt anoint unto me. Him whom I name unto thee. What is he doing? Physical oil. He has oil, right? He's going to anoint. He's going to take the oil and smear it over whoever God tells him to do it. So this is a physical anointing that's taking place. But notice what God said before that. He said, There's somebody who I have already I have provided me a king among his sons. So it tells us that God had already anointed David before Saul anointed David. So that tells us that the anointing of God always takes place first before the physical anointing takes place. This is why a man can't anoint anyone that God hasn't anointed first. This is a problem that we have in a lot of places where men are anointing other men, so called, to work work in the house of God or do some work for God, but they have not yet been anointed by God. Okay, you're going to feel the full impact of that later. You get what I'm saying? Just because man laid hands doesn't mean that God already laid hands. Look what God says now. Verse 3 again. And called Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show thee what thou shalt do and thou shalt anoint unto me him whom I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spoke and came to Bethlehem and the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Come thou peacefully? And he said, Peacefully. For I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourself and come with me to the sacrifice. He told the elders that, right? So we know here by him saying that, that these elders were just not elderly people. That's not what they mean by that. These was men of God. There was elders because they, they had season in the word of God. Because Samuel said unto them, you sacrifice yourself and come with me to you sanctify yourself rather and come with me to the sacrifice. But notice now in the next part of the verse what Samuel did with Jesse. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons because, see, they wasn't elders. So they had to be sanctified by the man of God. And he said, sanctify Jesse and his son and call them to the sacrifice. So we see here to to the offering, to the time and the place where something is offered unto the Lord, you can't even participate in it unless you are sanctified. Anybody see me? What God has said? You can't even participate in the offering, the giving of the offering, unless you're sanctified. You can't even go to that place. This is why God, as we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Bible says, Jesus sanctified us. Huh? Now we can go where? In the presence of God and bring offering to God because we have been sanctified by God. Here it is in this natural and physical example. I'm going to this where well, they had this burnt offering that they couldn't even go unless they were sanctified. Not only the elders, but the leaders, but the people who was there had to be sanctified. I want you to get that. It's very important. Hello. And see, sometimes we, you know, I, I'm going to tell you something. I, I, I see this played out so many times on television, internet, and people asking people, oh, just bring the money, give, give them to this cause, and give unto this call, do this and do that. And they call calling for anybody that wants to give. But I'm telling you, the unbelievers have to get that money into a believer's hand because they can't even participate, because they're not even sanctified. Do you think they're they giving going to be received if they're not sanctified? Absolutely not. If it's a call from God, but if it's a call from man, then that's something different. If man is calling you, hello then all you can give for man is what man got the offer. But what, if God is calling for the gifts, then he's calling to who? Somebody said the saints of God. Those that have been sanctified. Hello, somebody. This is why God is telling us we're the one, the church is the one that, look, should be doing these things for the communities. Huh? Making a difference in their life. Because we're bringing stuff to the altar because we're sanctified and God can do something with that. I'm just saying, while we're passing by here, I just saw this revelation God said, they can't even participate in it unless they've been sanctified. Here's the man of God bringing them. And he had enough understanding from God to know that we can't even do this unless everyone who hears has to be sanctified. This is awesome. Let's read on now. Verse 6. In the kingdom, And it came to pass when they were come that he looked upon Eliab and said, look at that. He did what? Say, look. He looked upon him and said to Eliab, surely the Lord's anointed is before me. All right? But the Lord said, verse 7, unto Samuel. Here's God saying to the prophet. This is what blew me away. Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature because I have what? Refuse him for the Lord sees not as man sees for man looks on the outward appearance but the Lord looks on the heart. Hello. So here it is now. Samuel, a prophet of God, is looking at his statue. And how he looked and said, surely this must be the anointing of God. Because God told him to go to Jesse's house and you're going to find someone there. But know what the Lord said. The Lord said, "I'm, I'm not going to anoint the one you see. You're not going to anoint the one you see. You're going to anoint the one I say to you, that's him. So, so here does the prophet even miss God right there. Because God didn't say, I was going to have you anoint the one you see. He said, I'm going to have you anoint the one that I say to you, that's him. Verse 8. Then Jesse called Abimelech and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. So now Samuel got it. Now he's saying, I'm not going by what I'm going to see. I'm waiting till I hear what God says. (laughs) Praise him. Hey, a lot of times, you know, I've been in churches where people get all jealous because God calls somebody out. And anoint that one. He tells the man, woman of God, call that person, anoint them for this task. But someone else who's been seen all the time as being the one that should be up front, God looks over them because everybody's looking at their stature, looking at their charisma how they can sway with words and how they can do all this stuff that they do before the people. and God said I'm not even looking at that, I'm looking at the heart and I found this one right back there on the back row I want to use that one, he bring them up front and anoint them for the task because God is now looking at their outward appearance and what they can see, what they can say he's looking at what's in that heart That's what he said. So now Samuel got it. He said, no, I'm not going to go by what what, what I'm seeing now on the outside. I'm going to listen to what God has to say. Verse 9. Then Jesse made Shemad to pass by. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this. And Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. Wow. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remains yet the youngest. And behold, (laughs) he keeps the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. Now, Samuel already got a key from God. And, he, and he's flowing in this key. I want you to get this. Because a lot of times we miss this. God said what? I have anointed or I have found a king amongst Jesse's son. So he had all the sons that passed by Samuel, right? And he asked Jesse, is, is this all the boys you have? He said, no, I got one more younger one. So that key, Samuel right there, this is probably going to be the one because what? God said it was, it was going to be someone among Jesse boys. So if this is the last one, see sometimes we miss that when God tells us something. When God said, go over yonder, my daughter, I got a blessing for you in that house over there. And you go to that house, <laughs> and it don't seem like no one there going to be blessing you. And then all of a sudden, you may want to leave the house without your blessing. But God told you that the blessing was going to be there. It means the blessing is going to be there. You got to stay there and search and look huh? and be open to God using anyone there. Not by the one who sit and look like they got something to bless you. But it could be a little child in the back room playing with toys. God, if God tells you the blessing is coming from that house, it's coming from that house. It's coming from that place. It's coming from that church. whether God sends you to and say, I got a blessing from you there, it has to be there because God released it there. So I'm just saying to you, Samuel, had a little, he had a, a, a clue here that this is probably going to be the one because it's the last one. And God said he was going to be among Jesse's sons. Y'all got me now? So here it is. Samuel said unto Jesse, send and fetch him, for we will not sit down until he come here. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and with all of beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Somebody said the Lord said. Now here there's God speaking now. God said to him, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. And then Samuel verse 13 took the the horn of God and anointed him in the midst of his brethren and the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that they fought. Now he anointed David who had already been anointed. Wow. Get that part. Okay. We're going somewhere. So here there's the latter part of verse 13. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. So Samuel said, I'm finished here. And David was anointed as who? The king of Israel. While the king was already there. This is the way God works. Another example is that God gave the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. He said, I'm giving you the Canaan land. And somebody was already living in Canaan. People was already there. But God said, I have given to you. Now he anoints David as king while Saul is still king. This is the way the Lord works. And a lot of time, God gives you stuff that somebody else already has possession of it. But God is telling you, That's, I'm giving you that. Hello, somebody. It doesn't mean you're going to go find it being free. You, you're going to find a situation where you've got to use your faith and I've got to believe what God said. Now, absent from what we have seen here, right, is the words that Samuel spoke over David. Because we know that's the pattern. Uh, they left this out on purpose. But we know the pattern is that when they pour the oil, the words is always spoken because the blessing comes with the word after the oil is poured. So what would David be hearing? He would be hearing what God have already spoken to him. Wow. Okay this is great. let's do my time is going to look verse 14But the spirit of the Lord, huh did what? departed from Saul. And an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Now, I didn't write the Bible. Right there in the Bible, it said, an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Which means God allowed it. Because God had a purpose in that spirit troubling him. So a lot of times, if you don't move on your own, when God said to move, He'll send something to trouble you to get you to move. Wow. Or for Saul, for him to be uncomfortable or to be irritated in the king position. Wow. Hello. And it was all who said, it wasn't the devil. We can't blame it on the devil. It wasn't the devil. It's said God who commands everything God can release and say, go. <laughs> I saw that. I said, oh, my Jesus. Man, is God a worker of evil? Absolutely not. But God commands and say, okay, go there. I'm releasing you. And what God says, I'm not going to block you from going. All right, what about, okay, you need another verse. What about Job? What did the Bible say God did? He removed the hedge of protection. So that's all he did here with. Just remove the hedge of protection. And now that evil spirit began to bother him. He did it with Job. God did that. The Bible tells us. He just removed it. If God removed his protection, oh my goodness. That's why we pray, oh God, take not your spirit from me. We're saying, God, keep protecting us. Because we know if you remove your hand, then everything that wanted to destroy us will come upon us. Hello, somebody. Thank God for the Holy Ghost who leads us. (laughs) Amen. Verse 15, and Saul's servant said unto him, Behold, an evil spirit from God troubles thee. Wait a minute. The service even recognized that it was an evil spirit from the Lord. I just want you to see that. (laughs) Hello. See, somebody who's been rejected by God, you begin to see these signs upon their life. That's all God is saying to you today. And Samuel servant, I mean Saul's servant, said unto him, Behold, an evil spirit from the Lord troubled thee. Let our Lord now command, small case Lord, meaning talking about Saul. Let our Lord now command thy servants which are before thee to seek out a man who is cunning, who is a cunning player on heart. And it it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee that he shall play with his hand and thou shalt be well. Cunning player means skillful player. And Samuel said unto his servant, Provide me now a man that can play well, bring him to me. Verse 18. Then he asked one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, <laughs> uh, the Bethlehemite, that is cunning in playing, and a mighty, violent man, and a man of war, and a prudent and, and, and matters, and a comely person, and the Lord is what? With him. They saw this in David. But well, here's what I want you to see is that, look, in one area of the country is playing out God's plan for David's life. David is being anointed by God. God has allowed his spirit to rest upon him. And from that day forward, he went forth with the spirit of God upon him. Here it is in another scene is Saul having problems now because the anointing has lifted, which means what? Said the hedge. The hedge of protection has been removed. That's why you can't go anywhere without the Holy Spirit saying, oh, "I got you covered there." See, it's like when the anointing lifted and the Holy Spirit left, then there was no protection there. So when you when you praying for the services, you're praying that the Holy Spirit will stand upright in the services and be protection for the man, woman, and the people that comes in, because without Him, there's no protection. It tells me a whole lot. See, we can't just go somewhere and do something without the Holy Spirit telling you. And that's why I want you because that's where the protection is going to be. You can't just go anywhere and do something. Huh? You can't even just, just pick where you want to go to church at. Because we're not that smart. We don't know. People can... Put a smoke screen up, and you don't even you wouldn't even know that's not God's house because they can say some words real smooth. Some people are orators; they're gifted in, in speaking, but it doesn't mean that God is with them, right? So, if the Holy Spirit of that, that would He's saying that you're not protected. Something going to hit your life that you wouldn't intend to hit your life. You may even go home with some demonic spirits on your life attached to you because you went into a place that was no protection there. I'm just trying to show you, if the Spirit of God is not there, then the hedge is removed. So here's what happened to Saul. But guess what the the, the, the said? He said, now, the remedy for this is though, get someone who is anointed by God and let him begin to do what he's been designed to do and then that which is troubling you will calm down and go away. Whew. Hello? Somebody that's why God sends us as servants. That's why Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel where you have been sent as a believer to go into places where they need the presence of God there. And you can bring the protection that God has for their life and look, while you are there in their presence, nothing can evil can behold them because you are in that room. I told you guys the account of our neighbor stayed upstairs in that house and that Carriage Village, me and Apostle Denise, they ran downstairs in the middle of the night, knocked on our door. Bang, 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 bang. They said, Miss Denise, Miss Denise. And they wanted us to come upstairs. And that woman and her daughter, her son, was on his deathbed. He, had, he, he actually had HIV AIDS. He was dying. But going through his death experience, it frightened them they didn't know what to do because he was convulging and doing all kinds of things in that house. And they were so afraid, they ran downstairs in their nightclothes, knocked on our door and asked us to come up in that house. And we went in that house. Whew, the anointing came with us. And, look, and when he was throwing a fit in that room, we told the mother and daughter, y'all just stay outside. We're going to deal with him. When I began to pray in the name of Jesus and right away that man began to calm down. And before we left, Apostle Neeson led that man to the Lord. And he got saved on the deathbed. A day later, he died. He went on. See, the devil was trying to take his life to where God didn't want to go. But no one's in there. Huh? No one in that house had the presence of God upon them. But God has sent us in there with his presence. Which means now the enemy got to stop. So here's the same thing that happened to Saul. Saul is being troubled by this evil spirit. And then recognize if you get someone to come with the anointing. See, when David played the harp, the anointing began to flow because that's what God gifted him to do. Y'all got that? I just heard the Holy Ghost. <laughs> look, 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 look. Let me read again. Look, verse number 19. Wherefore Saul sent the message unto Jesse and said, "Send me David our son, which is in which is with the sheep." Notice what? Hello here, somebody. Who is where's David now? Where was David when God found him and anointed him? Okay, so how many people get get it all messed up? You see the one said when they get anointed, they want to go right away. Give me the mic. Let me preach now. No, no. What were you going before God anointed you? Whew. See, you can't promote yourself, even though you know you've been anointed by God. God's gonna have someone say, "Sin for me," say, "Sin for me." <laughs> we gotta wait till God has someone to sin for you, to sin for the anointing. That's what people—they don't want to rest. They want to go. God's, no, 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 no. You have to be sent. And I'm going to send someone for you. And then I can use you. I can use the gift that that I placed in your life. Hello, somebody. I saw that by the Spirit. God said, here it is the one who needed God sent for David. Now, what if David had to say, okay, I'm I'm anointed now? I ain't watching no sheep no more. I'm going to get my stuff together because God's going to be moving me into the palace pretty soon. Pretty soon I'm going to the palace, so I'm going to start getting my stuff together to go to the palace. No. The Bible said they found David back with the sheep. I don't know if you hear me. Now, even though he had been anointed by... Do y'all know who Samuel was? When Samuel came to town, they trembled because if he spoke a word from God, it's coming to pass. That's why they ask, are you coming peacefully or are you coming with a sword to correct us or something God is. So Samuel anointed David. That spoke volumes, not only to his brother, but to David also. He was not unaware who Samuel was. But yet, this blows my mind. I'm saying to you, <laughs> I'm sure if Bishop, whoever, somebody like Bishop Jakes come and anoint somebody, I, I promise you the next day they're going to go and start wanting to preach or something. Because of he, who he is, this statue, right? But here David had enough sense to go, I, I, okay, I got anointed by the deluding prophet of the day. But yet he went back and started, that blows my mind. I, 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 I haven't seen this. That's what I'm saying. He went back to, to the sheep. Even though he was anointed by the greatest leader that was among them at the day. Whew. You know what that tells me? Something God showed me. This is all. What, what do they speak of? It speaks of David. Say character. That is awesome. See, when God said... Man, look at the outward part and I look at the heart. God is saying, I'm looking at the content of his character. I remember Dr. Martin Luther King years ago when I was a young boy. He was speaking at a church there. He said, I see something happen down the road, people. Don't worry about it. Right now they deny you because of the color of your skin. He said, but I see in the days coming you're not going to be known by what you can do, because you discolor that color, you're gonna be known by the contents of your character. That's how you're gonna be able to move up. See, colors on the skin, deep. Hmm. But character, the content of our character, it goes always down to the heart. Hello. So here does David say, "You know what? I can just go back." In the field, playing that heart, calming the sheep, having the sheep to feel real good. And he said, Bible said he was skillful at it, which means the anointing was there. And he didn't move until he was, somebody said he was sent for. Wow. And not that something? <laughs> the Lord said to me, He said, See, son, the outward appearance. It only goes like skin deep, but the contents of your character reveals the depths of your inner heart. So somehow David had this humbleness. He was a good-looking boy too. Hello, somebody. He looked apart. part. Saul was tall, handsome guy, but David looked apart part also. But that's not the key. It's like what's on the inside. What is, what is the content of his character? What has, what has he developed in spending time with God? What do you develop when you spend the time with God? Character. How to be still and know that I am God. If I said it, it's going to come to pass. Now that's awesome right there. Let's read on. We're going to be done here. Look. In verse 20, so Jesse took and I asked laden with bread and a bottle of wine and a kid, and sent them by David, his son, unto Saul. Huh? <laughs> and David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he began and became his armor bearer. Phew. That's awesome. I got a whole nother message on that one, but I won't do that today. And Samuel and Saul, rather, sent to Jesse, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he has found favor in my sight. And it came to pass, when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took the harp and played with his hand, so Saul was refreshed and was well. And the evil spirit did what? Departed from him. That's another sign right there. What the anointing will do, cause evil spirits to depart. Sometimes you you have to say anything. Just get around someone who has the anointing, and you'll calm right down. <laughs> Hello, you remember when they brought the, when they brought that the young man to Jesus that had been possessed by the devil? The Bible said when they brought the young man, the first thing he struck convulsion. But pretty soon he just calmed right on down because the anointing was there. Jesus didn't move. Jesus stood his ground. And pretty soon he didn't say anything. The spirit just and the young man fell out and the spirit left. Why? Because the anointing was there. He has anointed me to heal the broken brokenhearted. Jesus said about himself. He has anointed me the priest, the God. He has anointed me. He has what? Anointed me to do this. Look, here's the thing I want to get to you today, and I'm done. What was David anointed to do? Somebody said, play the harp. And wash the sheep. And that took him to the place where now, as a king, what skills did David bring to the kingdom? Playing the harp. And he know how to take care of God's people, the sheep. That's what brought him to be the king of Israel. Because, look, that's why we, we are referred to like the sheep of God, because David was skillful and he learned how to watch God's sheep, and he know how to get the anointing flowing. He said that's the recipe for being a king. Not going to Harvard, Yale, or the big schools that teach you how to be a leader. Teach that's not the recipe, huh? Huh? Not going to seminary, that's not the recipe for being a shepherd of God's people. God find you in that back room, praying all by yourself. You may be a, a person who work on cars. You may be a carpenter. You may be a, a seamstress. You may be a baker. You may be a home mother doing whatever you want to be doing, but God is anointing you to do that, and you're learning the skills on how to take care of someone, God's people, and then God can come and say, okay, I'm going to take that what you're anointed with. And put you in another position with the same, not a different, but with the same anointing. So the kingly anointing on David <laughs> was his ability to play the sheep, I mean play the harp and take care of the sheep. But the Bible said, in doing that, what did he gain? He was a man of what? Valor. He was mm-hmm. a man of war, because he had to fight the bears and the lions off of the sheep. So in that position he learned all these things. He was a prudent man. That's why he wrote all of, uh, most of the psalms because it said he you was know, prudent. He was good with words. He wrote all the psalms. He learned all of that out there. So wherever you are which God has sent to you today Terrence play that music I got to stop. Look, wherever you are today wherever you are today you got to discover your anointing. What has God gifted you to do? What, what, is, what is your talent? What is the anointing? Because that is what God is going to use for your elevation. For you going to the next level and being used by God. You're not going to get into another position Then God anoints you. No, you're going to take what you have. That's what I discovered. All that is something the love for God's people and whatever else God gave you to do. Look what David, he picked up all these things. This is astounding to me, I'm hearing about the Holy Ghost. <laughs> right out there with the sheep, he was cunning, skillful in playing. He was a, a mighty, valiant man, a man of war, prudence in matter and calmly with me, he looked good. He even started to look better just by watching God's sheep. Look, you know why? It's not so much how you look to yourself that God worked on, it's how God made you look before others. <laughs> uh You may just say you may say, Well, I, I don't think I got it together, but everybody else see you. Yeah, that's the man and woman of God right there. Because God is showing something else to them, not how you really are in the natural. That's what David picked up also. But he picked all these things up, all these attributes, or all these contents of his character while he was doing what God anointed him to do. Amen? I don't know. We, 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 we got to be in God's place. We got to be in the place that God calls us to be in, to do what God wants us to do. I'm hearing by the Holy Ghost we you this that this is God. What God is saying to us, Break starting this new year off. Hmm? We you this I came by to say that God is saying that you, don't negate what you already received from God, Who is like the God, but become skillful in what God has already given you to do. I mean, work on that. Work on that ability. Work on making that being the best you can be at who you are right now. Hello? Work, work on that. 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 And be the best you can ever be. Then someone will do what? Say, there's sin for me. A lot of times, why are people not getting sinful? Because they're not. Uh, uh, you know what I mean to have the, the content of your character developed? It means that you've been distinguished. Your character, what, what distinguishes you from the next person sent to you? Your character. Hold up somebody. God told me, son, don't worry about it. He said, if you work on what I gave you to do, your skills, your abilities I've given you, he said, when it's time, he said, somebody's going to send for you because you'll be the best person that can do that job right there. And no one else can do it better than you. Hello. Right there. Hello. But see, when we try to promote ourselves, which is we have a lot. Hmm? And why we have a lot of copycapping, people copycapping because they see God using somebody. they begin to copy that same formula that same thing but they don't realize that's not how you do it it's like they distinguish themselves because they became the best at doing what they know how to do by the spirit of God and then all of a sudden the world begins to sin for that I need you over here I need you over here I need you over here isn't that what happened to Paul they begin to sin for Paul Paul come over here we need to hear the word come over here Paul come over here Because no one else could do it like Paul did it in terms of understanding the mysteries of God. The Bible said God gave him that understanding of the word of God and he used that. What has God given you? You had to discover that. Because that's what you're going to need to go to the next level. Somebody's going to call for you. I need that. That's what you're doing. I need that. I need that. Come here. You know why? And I'm done. One of the churches I was in, the last one, yes, I was not the most, I wasn't the gifted preacher, the gifted teacher of any source. And, and a lot of men and church, women in that church have far more Bible education than I ever had. You know what the man of God said to him when he picked me out and said, I want you to come sit next to me. I want you to be. He said, when I go out of town, when I go travel around the world, I'm leaving you in charge. I said, What? You know why he did that, he told me? He said, Because I saw in you, you don't have no agenda. I can trust leaving the sheep with you. I said, Wow. I said, Lord, how did he, what is he saying? Because I didn't know what he was saying. But obviously God showed him something. And God said, now I'm sending for you. Come You're going to be the next one. I found out. See, I just kept being humble and not seeking anything. I remember a time when I was in church ministry, they had to actually tell me, Michael, stop ministering to the kids. We need you upstairs now. Because I was going to stay there and preach and teach the children until Jesus come back. I had no other desire but to, just to do that. But when they hired another lady to come in to be the Sunday school and the teacher, they had a little tell me, Michael, you don't need to be down here no more. Go upstairs now. You can be with the worship team. I said, "What? Well, I can teach the church. I don't need to be up there. I can, I can teach the church the whole while I'm here. See, that's what something they were seeing. That's what I mean by it. I had no agenda. See, if you keep doing what God is putting you to do, then someone will send for you because they'll see it, God will show it to them. Amen? You received that today? I got to start now because they got another affair in here at one o'clock. We got to get work done to do that. But praise God. Lift your hand to the Lord now. I'm done. Father, in the name and, and the, through the blood of Jesus, I thank you for your word, Father, that we receive today. Thank you, Lord. Let them receive what you said to them, Father. Not what I have said, but what you have shown them. That you have spoken your word. Father. The Holy Spirit. Can show them far more. Than I can speak to them. In these minutes. And I thank you for that taking place in their life. In the name. And through the blood of Jesus. I release them now. In Jesus name. Amen. Now stand to your feet. And I dismiss you. To go forth in this new year, 2019. God is showing us. We are to stay with what we have. So go forth now. Father, I release them in Jesus' name. To go forth. I bless them as they go in the city, in their home, in their workplace, as they move throughout this year. Thank you for the blessing upon their life. Father, from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen amen well go in peace tell someone before you go today say i love you and there's nothing you can do about it and we'll see you here next time amen